Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us, episode number 35. I, sorry, episode number 36. I am Sean King. I'm Melissa King. We're just, uh, uh, hopefully everyone, all, all of our American friends had oh, yeah. a happy thir- turkey day. And we'll talk about that in a bit, but we just, you were now, tell the audience what you're doing right now this very moment. I was just scanning through Instagram and looking at uh, photographs of my stunning family, but particularly we were talking about um, my cousin has these beautiful twin girls, Miley and Lainey, and Hang they're on, in dance. Back up. You said stunning family? You have the most beautiful family. They're stunning. They're every single one of them. Yeah, they're amazing. Zane and Miley and, and Sam, Sam and my uncle and my brother and Jillian. And Your uncle's seventy five. He looks like he's fifty. He's gorgeous. I know. I he's know. He's a freaking stud. He is a stud. It just it's obscene <clears> how <throat> the genes in your family. It's just beautiful. And my mother was stunning. Yes, I've seen pictures. And my of grandmother mother. as well. Yep. So anyway, go ahead. Well, we were looking at pictures of the beautiful twin girls who are in dance and, um, of course, heavily made up for their dance, um, obviously, performances. And uh, Sean was so revealing show- what sort of a father he would have been. <laughs> Melissa shows me the pictures of these, and they're 11 or 12, right? Yeah. The twins. So yes. Around, around that age. Yeah. And she says, you know, which one is which? And I, just, I can see the difference in the two girls. I don't know which one's Lainey and which one's Miley. And then you show me another picture, and... Who was it? Was Lainey or Miley? Um, I think it was Miley. Okay, whichever. Let's see. One of them. Uh, looks like she's 25 years old. And I don't like that. I don't. I, if they're in dance, they're in dance to dance. What's important is the dance, not yeah. the over-sexualization of these 11-year-old girls. And you say it's because they want the, their faces to pop. Yeah, I get that. But this is, to me, in my opinion... This is too much. And I completely recognize the fact. Show me that picture. <clears throat> well, that's all these little girls all that little are girls. in dance. They're all made up the same way. <clears throat> but in particular, Lainey and Molly, because they're so beautiful. They're such pretty little girls. When you make them up, they make them look like they look like 25 years old. Oh, they're stunning. I think that's wrong. And I completely accept the fact that I'm, I, I knew this. I've always known this. I am... And would have been a great father. I'm a great stepfather mm-hmm. to my sons, but I'd be the worst father in the world to my daughters. Oh my God, I would be that uptight. Well, just... I think men are like that because they know men. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what Bruce, my friend Bruce, is saying to me. Oh, he said, I know what these young guys are like because I was one. Exactly. <laughs> I know he said, I, I got to worry about hundreds of thousands of penises out there. You know, the old joke is when you have boys, you don't have to worry about one penis. When you have girls, you have to worry about every That's penis. That's exactly what he said to me. And I know what I was like at 13, 14, 15 years old. Yeah. There yeah, is yeah. just no way I'd want. I put a daughter in a convent when she mm. hit 10. <laughs> We'll visit you, sweetie, but you're going into a convent Mm -hmm. because I would be the biggest dick in the world. I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. I would make an awful father to daughters. Oh, no, I wouldn't say awful. Oh, I would. No, I disagree because... For example, my daughter is not getting yoga pants until she moves out of the house. (laughs) See? See what I'm saying? My daughter would not wear clothes that showed her belly button until she moves out of the house. Basically, she's wearing a a potato sack until she moves out of the frickin' house. Well... Um, in, in my opinion, as a young woman that grew up without a father, I would, to me, that's just like, oh, give it to me. I wish that I had had that when I was a girl. Yeah, but I know myself, I know I'd be overly restrictive. I have gone, when I was working at Savon last year, gone into a, a couple of high schools to, to deliver groceries to the, the kitchen, wherever it was, and walking through the hallways... I'm walking around going, holy crap. I know, right? There are 15, 16-year-old girls here who are beautiful, mm-hmm. who are stunning, and who are half naked. Mm-hmm. They're wearing yoga pants and a tube top. Oh, the girls up at Rory, well, Rory's high school, they just graduated last year from elementary school. And I went to the grad ceremony. And I could not believe these little girls that I've known since kindergarten. They popped out. They had these gorgeous dresses on. Stunning. They were beautiful looking young women. Tall, confident, and yeah, it was kind of scary. Yeah. It, it's, you know, and the idea, and someone's going to say, well, what you do is you you um, um, raise your daughter right and you teach about respect and all that kind of stuff. There's lots of people out there who are who are taught respect. 
and raised right who still get in trouble in any of number course. of ways. Yes. Because 14, 15, 16, 17 year old boys are manipulative assholes. And because of the way our society works and the way we treat women in general, that that you have to be pretty, you have to be popular, you have to be in the in crowd, you have to wear the right clothes. This is especially significant for women, for girls mm-hmm. in high school where there's so much pressure to be an individual but to fit in at the same time mm-hmm. that I preyed on that as, as a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old boy. Of course. That's I what... manipulated girls left, right, and center mm-hmm. in any number of ways. I was a fucking asshole in mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. And I've always said... If I could jump in a time machine, I'd go back to high school and apologize to all those girls. If I could find those girls now on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever it was, I literally would apologize to them. Donna Dagley, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I think you found one. We found one and you thought, well, I'll look for her. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Denise Wakerl, I'm sorry. I was such a jerk. Donna Capati, I'm sorry. It's okay if you don't forgive him, girls. Hey! <laughs> really? It's okay. But I know... But I would be overly restrictive. I would be too much. And the first boy who came to the house, I'm just going to kill. <laughs> as, as a message to the others. There okay? are some lovely young young boys. I'm going to stick his head in a pike outside the front door. So the next boy who comes along goes, holy shit. Yeah. I, this is how bad I was. And when I was 12, I was madly in love with Wendy Wilkerson. Wendy Wilkerson was the girl next door. She was a little teeny tiny petite little brunette. The first boob I ever saw was Wendy's. Wow! It was an accident. I was sitting on the floor. We were we were friends. We were next door neighbors, and we hung out all all, all all the time. And I remember, I still to this day, it's a vivid memory. Yeah. Looking up at Wendy, Wendy and her 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 uh, uh, blouse had just the way she was sitting, it just popped open, and there was this beautiful big boob. Yeah. Yeah, so you quickly orgasmed in your little pants and ran to the <laughs> no washroom. Kidding, no kidding. And I could never, I've always been, and people do not believe this when I say it, but I've always been shy around women. So even though Wendy was my best friend, I couldn't ask her out on a date, air quotes, date. Right. But I didn't want any other boys around her either. So at 12, I'm, you have to imagine Sean is a 12-year-old. I'm six foot one, 185 pounds. I'm a monstrous 12-year-old. I'm a mutant 12-year-old. I'm bigger than the teacher's. I'm bigger than everyone's parents. You know, I'm just a monstrous child. So I put the word out to every boy in our elementary school, do not talk to Wendy. If you do, I will kick the shit out of you. You could have affected her whole life. I think I'm Wendy might be gay now because boys were not attracted to her. Boys would not go anywhere near Wendy. And when a new kid came to school and who hadn't got the message and talked to Wendy, I would then beat the shit out of that him. That is just Really nasty. Like, I oh know. my god! I still feel guilty with this. Forty years later, this is terrible. I, 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 I. Anyway, that's I'll have to think of, about this. That's <laughs> I think that's just really. So you were too shy to do anything yes. about it yourself, yes. but then you also stopped every poor yes. Wendy. I know. She, are you, I'm serious. You don't know, know how that has affected the rest of her life. I I, I'm not even joking. I know, and I feel guilty. About I'm that. hanging my head in my hands right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing just out of, but I, I felt bad about many years. I didn't feel bad about the time. But many years later, I felt bad about poor Wendy. Because Wendy actually came to me at one point and said, "Why won't any of the boys talk?" To oh, me? and you just let you uh, 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 you're a psychopath. <laughs> Did you have any guilt about it at the time? No, no. I, I, I remember distinctly not having guilt about it for the next like two years. And Wendy was like, "None of the boys will talk to me. Aren't I pretty, Sean? You're very pretty, Wendy. I know." But oh, okay. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> what was her name? Wendy Wilkerson. Oh, dear Wendy Wilkerson, I, I am... So- oh, I'm not sorry. I'm just, you know... But that's anyway. the kind of jerk I was. Wow. Up until I was about Yes, but 30. see, if we had daughters together, I would have been the um, the modifier. I would have been, okay, no, Sean... No, there's no modification. Up. Our daughter wants yoga pants. There's no modification. No. You know what? There's nothing not wrong yoga. with yoga pants. Yes, it's your. There is nothing wrong with yoga pants. Because young boys can't control themselves and we haven't taught them respect for women. They see yoga pants and they get dirty thoughts in their heads. No, I would and say to you, my for- daughter is not going to not wear yoga pants, especially because her and I would be doing yoga together because of y- your dicks. Sorry. No, I would not allow it. I would go, sorry, we would be having a lot of arguments. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. If my, go- if my daughter wants to wear yoga pants, 
That's totally fine. No. Yep. Nope. Okay. She can wear yoga pants, but she can't. What if she was chubby like I was? She can't leave the house. What if she was chubby? You're assuming that you're going to have this gorgeous daughter. Look at you. Look at your family. What if she was chubby? I'm okay with chubby. I have no problem with chubby. I'm not saying the problem. I'm saying, oh, you could let you would let her wear no, yoga pants if no, she was chubby. No, no, no. I'm saying no daughter of mine wears yoga pants. Period. End of story. Oh, I don't dear. care if you're chubby or built like a model. You're not wearing yoga pants. Okay. Anyway, I would I would really we'd have to we'd be having these low we, bedroom we conversations. We absolutely would. I guarantee it. Yeah. Because that, to me, that is just, that's like saying women can't wear mini skirts. That's like saying a Adult woman should women can't. A, a woman shouldn't wear a push-up bra. No, that's fine. Or, I like those. Or young women, um, yes, but you wouldn't let your daughter do it. I wouldn't let my 13-year-old daughter do it, no. No, I'm not talking about 13. What if your daughter was a beautiful 16-year-old girl going off to high school? She was on the volleyball team. She was together. She was great. And she wanted to wear her yoga pants. No. <laughs> You can wear yoga pants and leave the house. When you leave the house, yeah. like leave home. Yes, when you move out. Wow. No, I no, I that's I I find that really unfair. It is. I completely agree. Because then you're with you. telling your daughter that you think she's going to be in SLUT because she's got yoga pants. No, on. not at all. Not at all. No. I do not think that at all. I'm telling my daughter that the boys out there are assholes and who aren't going to respect you and are and only going to be looking at your ass and not looking you in the eye and, and acting, treating you like a human being, like a person. Then you tell her that. You yeah, say I would if you tell wear the bet you you she has to deal with it at some point. Yes, the one way to deal with it is by not wearing yoga pants. Well, you have a major yoga pant prejudice. Well, it's You're anti yoga pantite. It's not yoga pants. It's, it's tube. It's tube tops. It's all that kind of stuff that that girls wear that that overly sexualize them. I can see your point there. I, I go to the high schools, and mm. I, like I've said before on this show, I was brought up with uniforms. They were very asexual, like nothing attractive about them. But. When I go up to the high school, I still am shocked sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. how does a young male teacher cope? No kidding. You know what I mean? And there has been a teacher in this district that has, uh, we don't know if he anything happened that yeah. shouldn't have happened, but he's been like the police are involved. I guarantee there's probably at least one teacher in every school district Yeah, where this has happened. Yeah. Because you can't expect every single man or woman in that, in that regard, in your district to be a saint. No. And not to have those thoughts. There are imperfect people everywhere. Of course, so. of course. But I just think that not having a school system without uniforms is just asking for I trouble. I agree. I agree. I've always been in favor of uniforms. Yeah. There's actually there was a story um, I saw uh, last week about this UK school district banning a particular kind of coat because it was, it was a very expensive coat, and there was a, it was a new in thing for the popular oh, kids to wear. yeah, yeah. And so they were poor shaming the, 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 the other kids. Yeah, And yeah. with uniforms, this doesn't happen. Yeah. You're all wearing the same ugly clothes. And there's no pressure to wear the latest fashions or else like you're all wearing ugly clothes. Yeah, and you have ja- the same jackets, the same socks, everything. Yep. yep. I'm, I'm That's how I grew up. Of uniforms. We got an email. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. We got an email from our favorite listener, Sarah Tompkins. Hey, Sarah. Hey, you too. She said, I found that Down syndrome thing odd, too. We talked. We were talking about the uh, the Down syndrome ad, Endangered Species. Yeah. Ad, found very, I personally found very offensive. Sarah says, I heard that people with Down syndrome are the closest things to angels on Earth. I get what you're saying, Sarah. I don't want to put them on a pedestal in that way. No. They're, they're just people. They're, they're people. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They tend to be, for whatever reason, they seem to us on the outside, and from everything I've heard from Down syndrome parents, sweet, kind, gentle. Funny. Funny. They are the way we should all be mm-hmm. for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. But angels, yeah, that's not, I think it goes a little too far. Uh, Sarah says, I personally think people with disabilities are the closest thing to angels on earth. She's a bit biased. Sarah is, is disabled in a wheelchair. So. Yeah, she's, she's pretty a, angel-like, though. No, Sean, you're not an angel, but you treat Melissa like a queen, so I guess that makes you part of the angel. <laughs> she says, I have a little story to tell, but a little intense. My friend was at the hospital for some kidney issues, so I decided to visit him. When I got there, my worker ran into her mom in the emergency room, so I let her have some alone time with her while I visited my friend. After my worker left me alone with my friend, I asked my friend if we could hold hands. My friend was so weak that he couldn't keep his eyes open while we were holding hands. For the next hour, we held hands, and all I could hear was my friend whispering, That's nice. I love you, my sweet girl, with his eyes closed. 
The next day, my friend sends a happy text that they're going to send him home. I always hold the story close to my heart. That's very sweet, Sarah. It's lovely, Sarah. A lovely Sarah. story. Sarah's what? the sweetest angel on this earth. She no, truly is. you are. <laughs> we'll share. We'll share that, oh, Sarah. all right. Fine. <laughs> One of the things that we were talking about... Um, I wrote this down, and you have to remind me what I meant by this. Uh, you said something last week. Using your voice is difficult. Remember that conversation? Yes. What did you? What does using your voice is difficult mean? It mean uh, for me. Yeah. Um, it means that if <clears throat> if I have something to say in, in during moments or or um, you know where you have to be assertive or you have to be sharing your feelings that might elicit a unknown or negative response from someone else that it gets stuck in my throat and I have difficulty using my voice. Why? Oh, it could be from shutting things down into my throat from having when my mom would drink and she would abuse me and say horrible, nasty things and I stopped saying anything to her because I didn't want her to get angry or fight with me or anything. Having... um that kind of thing in my first marriage it no. was difficult for me to do that, yes. It's one of the things that we talk about <clears throat> here on DLTU on a regular basis, I think, I hope, this idea of standing up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean by using your voice? Um, not completely. Standing up for myself, but also saying things that I really need to say. Yeah. And it it is, is it, I don't want to be sexist about this, but is it harder for women, do you think? Yes. Is it because we aren't, and this goes back to something else I've often said about communication, that we're not trained how to communicate. We're not taught how to mm-hmm. communicate to each other, to our spouses, to our kids, to our bosses, to all those kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it go back to that? Is it a communication issue or is it a confidence issue? Confidence. Really? Is there a way to develop that confidence? Yes, I have over my life. I think the other way, too, is to, and this is me patting myself on the back inadvertently, having a partner who is willing to let you use your voice, mm-hmm. to, oh. encourages you to use your voice. Oh, Talk to me. Tell me things. I want to hear those things. Oh, I, I can say being with you, I am learning that I can. You You become so available to me. And I know that I can say things and that we will actually, like, that you won't get angry, that you will take in what I've said and you will try not to react and that you and that we will talk it out. And so I've learned, oh, I don't have to be afraid. We, uh, I was on the phone on Friday or Saturday, Friday, with Microsoft Tech Support just going round <clears> and round <throat> and round. We had a, a hack on uh, Rory's Xbox account. And... The way I deal with this, the way people should deal with this, is that you speak to the, the first level tech support person in a very measured tone and very reasonable understanding. If they can't help you, especially when it's a serious issue, if they can't help you, you very politely ask me to speak to a supervisor. I understand that you can't solve this issue. I would like to speak to someone who can. You're okay, fine, sir. They pass you on to the next supervisor. Supervisor then tells me that they can't help. And I said, okay, you can't help me. I understand that. Thank you very much. Please pass me on to the next level supervisor. Now, unfortunately, having work tech support, I do know that the next person you talk to may not be the supervisor. They may just pass you on to another person at the same level. So I always ask for the people's names and Mm. their job title. Mm -hmm. And I will write that information down. Mm -hmm. Um, If they don't want to give that to you, then that's a a suspicious thing. Mm -hmm. So I talked to this third or second supervisor and they basically said I had to respond back to an email. I don't want to do an email. I want to talk to someone, explain the situation to them. And so now I'm starting to raise my voice a little bit. I'm being a little bit firmer. I'm being more insistent. The the woman on the phone interrupted me a few times. I said, please do not interrupt me. Let me speak. When I finish speaking, you can respond to what I said. Being very, again, not yelling or anything else, but, but raising my voice a little bit, being a little firmer. And after the conversation was over, you said something that was really interesting. You didn't want to approach me after. Why not? Because I've been in a 
very, very over two decades of my life relationship where I had to walk around on eggshells. And yeah. if I had ever approached that person after they had gotten very upset, I didn't know. I was unsure what to expect back from them. So it's one of the things that I hear <clears throat> from so many people when you talk about relationships <clears throat> is that, especially, and we said this before. At our age, air quotes, you bring a lot of a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, that's just the nature of life. I've learned all these things, some good, some bad. And we tend to, if we don't consciously think about it and work against it, we tend to overlay our previous relationships with our present relationship. In other words, that person did this, so this person will do that too for a lot of things. You make assumptions about even gender that that person did this 10 years ago. So this person's going to do that because of the same gender. This is what men do. This is what women do. As opposed to thinking what I try to do. And we had this conversation. Um, I try to come into every relationship with a completely clean slate that I don't make assumptions that because that person did this good or bad, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the new person will feel the same way about those things. Mm-hmm. I don't assume that because a previous relationship like chocolate chip cookies, that the new relationship will be chocolate chip cookies. Of course not. Yes, yes. So you really have to fight against that, again, as you get older, um, not to bring that. We, we, you, you, you can have the baggage. Don't, don't put on the other person. And be aware in yourself of those things that, oh, geez, that happened to me five years ago. This is happening again. Oh, maybe, no, this person's different. Let them prove that they're, they they will do that thing or not do that thing. Now, I understand from a woman's point of view, it's a protection thing, too. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, somebody abused me in the same situation, so I'm not going to let that happen again. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be wary of that person. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes, very much, very much. I do. I think the other issue too, is that I'm such a, a loon when it comes to a relationship. You 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 really don't understand how I approach relationships. We had this funny, very funny conversation the last night or the night before that you could not believe that I can't remember fights. Oh, I can't believe it. I mean, we have, and believe me, folks, we have massive, I mean, wild fights. No, they're not that bad. Oh, yes, we do. But I don't remember them. Not that bad. How I- do you know you'd forget them? <laughs> We have begins. But, and it's very funny that, that I think it's, I don't know if it's a way of me protecting myself or whether it's honestly me. To, it wasn't important. It's just a fight. It happens. Maybe it's because I grew up with, with so much fighting as a kid that, that <clears throat> fights aren't a, aren't a big deal. Both me physically fighting other kids, but also my mom and my stepparents or stepfather, fathers, um, getting into physical fights. On a regular basis, so to me, a f- and and then that things would be okay, the next day or next three days or whatever it might be, at least outwardly. Hmm. So maybe that's part of it too. Is that I know I I know the fight was just a fight. It was just a, a fight. There's no there's no lingering effects of it. Like when you look into a bright light, there's that lingering glare afterwards. There isn't for me. I look in the bright light of our fights, but when I look away from it, when the fight's over. There's there's no baggage from the fight. There's no glare from the fight. Fascinating to me. I know it's weird. I it, I've had this discussion with other people. Yeah, it's that like, it's 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 just the way I am. I I don't I don't carry the fight with me. Well, I mean, I suppose in some ways I should be envious, but in other ways, I've said to you, when you have a big blowout fight with someone, there is a whole other energy in this. Everything's all tumultuous and moving. It's like a catalyst, and there has to be. Something that comes out of it. There has to be a change or... Well, you'd hope so. Yeah, an understanding. Uh, uh, uh. Well, it's like, you know, there's a catalyst, there's change. Yeah. And to me, the, a huge fight is something to elicit some sort of change. Sure. Yeah, I understand. So I if, I, if you forget about it, then have you forgotten about it to the point where you're not moving forward through it? Yeah. Are we in a loop and just going to keep repeating the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. The Twitter account, Jennifer Wright. um, This is something that would be surprising to a lot of men and and very sad to a lot of women. Jackson Katz, a social researcher, asked men what they do on a daily basis to avoid being sexually assaulted. The men wrote down, nothing. Nothing. Then Then he asked women, 
and the list is amazing. Hmm. Uh, check the back seat before getting in the car. Carry a cell phone. Don't go jogging at night. Lock the windows when I sleep, even on hot nights. Don't drink too much. Don't put my drink down and come back to it. Make sure mm-hmm. I see my drink being poured. Own a big dog. Carry mace. Have an unlisted number. Have a male voice on my entry machine. Park in well-lit areas. Never use parking garages. It goes on and on mm-hmm. and on. Mm-hmm. There are 30 things in this list mm-hmm. that women do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That men Especially when you live don't. in the big city. Yeah. 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 You just don't think about it. One of the things I, t- I try to, t- to tell my male friends is be aware that women have to feel this way and don't – you're a nice guy, but she doesn't know that. We've talked before about shorting as rapist. Mm. A woman who doesn't know you doesn't know that you're not going to do her harm. No. Until you don't do her harm. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a situation, again, in the big cities, avoid putting a woman in the situation where she has to make these choices. Um. I've done it before where I'm walking down the street and there's a woman walking towards me at night all across the street. Mm-hmm. I will just, just not even put her in that fear position mm-hmm. where she has to think about, okay, what what, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. If this guy does something, what, I, what am I going to do? Um, I will literally just go across the street. Mm-hmm. Not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. If you're in a parking garage and you see a woman walking alone, just don't move. Mm-hmm. Just smile and just don't don't do anything. Um, so just don't put her in that That'll position. That'll look weird. What would you do? What, what would you advise, as a woman, what would you advise a guy do, to do? I've come out of the parking garage. I'm walking to the the door. You've just gone to the elevator. You just come out of the elevator. What do you want me to do as a man? Well, maybe just give her a bit of a, 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 a um, what would you call it, margin of distance, you know, just to but don't walking. keep coming do at her. Yeah, do I stop? Stopping would look weird. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Continuing moving forward might put her in that awkward position. Well, you could sort of stop and nod your head, hello, and then just sort of, you know, give her a bit, just a bit of distance. Mm-hmm. That's all. Stopping and just stopping would be weird. I would be worried about that. I would think, oh, my God, why is he stopping? I would fake a phone call. And walk away, walk to, walk in a different direction. That would be better. But now you're saying things that men might do. <laughs> to, yeah. It's a really tricky one. I remember being at UBC, which is a huge issue at all universities where women have to walk across campus at night yep. or whatever. And we all bought – I still have it. I have my little mace um, thing that I could just keep in my – right in my little hand. Yep. Yeah, it was a really good one. I always felt good when I, because I would just hold it and I would keep it in lock, um, but to unlock it was just a quick flick of the thumb. This is the kind of thing, guys, talk about with the women in your life, with your wife, with your girlfriend, with your daughters, with your whatever, whoever women you know. Start becoming more aware of this kind of stuff, how women have to deal with life. Mm-hmm. This is what women do consciously, unconsciously, every moment of the day they're not in their house, even when they're in their house. Mm-hmm. Like the woman said, she has to keep her windows locked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to you doing know, w- that. W- women don't uh, often rent the first floor bed, first floor apartment. Oh, like that would be terrifying. You know, little, yeah. Little, little, little things like that that we as men don't don't wrap our minds around. No. We don't realize this is going on on a regular basis. So uh, have some emp- empathy, boys. Uh, oh, hang on. There was this very funny. Take this up. Should I tell my friend that my late mother and her late father had an affair? <clears throat> After my mother died, I asked one of her oldest friends if she knew if my mother ever had an affair while married to my father. My father was also deceased. She told me that my mother had an affair with someone I knew, but she wouldn't disclose his name. A few years ago, my mother's friend finally told me who it was. I was shocked. She says that this man had made my mother very happy and that she had never planned on leaving my father. I had no judgment toward my mother because this man had brought so much joy into her life. He was also married. His daughter is a good friend of mine. Now that all parties have died, I would like to tell my friend. I know she thought that her father cheated on her mother. Perhaps she even knew of this relationship and doesn't want to tell me for fear of hurting me. It would feel comforting to talk with her about it, but it's possible this will change my friend's feelings about me or my mother. Should I take this indiscretion to my grave? If she wants to open up about it, she takes the risk of her friend <clears throat> reacting in a way that 
is not a positive way. That's a risk you take. So if you want to take the risk, go for it. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Not necessarily. Shut up, shut up. Don't, no, don't. No. Don't. I've revealed stuff about my mother to my brother yeah. all and this time. Yeah, and how do you react? Well, but you know, there is a feeling that you have inside of yourself when you think, oh, hey, like it's a, you know, like this happened. And I don't know, I was, I didn't even know why I ended up telling him, I just did. Because I've always held on to it all by myself. Yep. So. No, I think this is the kind of thing that you keep to a grave. No, mm-hmm. I think if, no, I'm saying if she needs to share it. Share with your therapist. Don't share with that, that, that person. <laughs> because. I disagree. What, what are the possible outcomes? That this woman find out something about her father that makes her feel good? But no, she already dead. knows that her father. Exactly. So it doesn't matter who he cheated with. Right? It's a moot point who he cheated with. If she has feelings, negative feelings towards her father because he cheated, finding out who he cheated with isn't going to make any difference. There's still going to be negative feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the the only thing that could be, happen is that the person would then feel negative towards the friend who told her. I don't see why. It's got nothing to do with the friend. People are idiots. Yeah, oh, your no. mother was a tramp. And so I mean, you have friend. to think of very closely of the reasons why you need if you do need to, to tell that other person, why do I need to tell my friend? And then if the reasons are valid for you, then you go ahead and do it and take the risk. I'm a female technician in an ophthalmologist's office. Today, I had a patient who was wearing a low-cut shirt that exposed her bra and cleavage. Her arms were crossed under her breasts, pushing them up. It was so distracting. I respectfully said, please do not take offense, but would you mind lifting your top because it's revealing? She laughed and apologized. Later, on break, I was talking about the incident with several co-workers. My manager overheard me and told me I could be fired for saying what I said to the patient. Can I really get fired for telling the patient to fix her shirt? No. Oh, yes, you can. Why? Because there's a lot, in the States, there's a lot of places that can fire you for, co- for no cause whatsoever. Just oh. get out. Just you're done. You got no okay. severance, you're, you're done. So yes, you could be fired for that. I think you'd be fired for being uptight. Like, just don't look. You know what I mean? You don't know that that lady knew that even she was doing that. Doesn't matter if she knows or not. So what if some? What if a woman comes in and her button's undone and and she doesn't know it? Well, then you can say, you know, hey, your button's undone. That's different. Oh, so you could get fired for that. You can get, remember, you can get fired for anything. Right. So you could get what fired saying, for that too. What I'm saying is, woman is uptight. You're an ophthalmologist. You're you, you're not a breast doctor. You shouldn't be looking at her boobs to begin with. Look at her eyes. Oh, her so eyes you, are up here. Oh, so you wouldn't have looked at her breasts if you were the ophthalmologist? Me? Hell yes. Oh, my God. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. I don't know why you even asked that question. Of course I would. Well, I don't even know why. This is ridiculous. It is. That's what I mean. This is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Why are you so... getting bent out of shape? Because you saw some woman's cleavage. But she it was... Wasn't a, it wasn't a full boob. The woman wasn't naked. You know, okay. you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the person making this complaint is a little uptight, don't you think? <sighs> it's a silly thing to see, say to the patient. Okay. I can see your cleavage. Yeah, big freaking whoop. Okay. Well, women walk around all the time with their cleavages showing and men look and yeah, women exactly. look. and so It's not that big a deal, so let it go. Okay. My husband and I eloped. We never had, we never hosted a celebratory party, but most of our relatives sent gifts, except for one branch of the family in California, including a cousin whose wedding we attended and to whom we gave a generous gift. You can see where this is going. Yes. Now, another cousin from that California branch is getting married and we're invited. We're torn about attending and giving a gift. Are we being too sensitive? Yes, you're being jacked. Uh, yeah, just go and or don't just go. do whatever. Just go, enjoy yourself, and give them what you give them. Grow the hell up. <laughs> right, first of all, you eloped, okay? You shouldn't expect presents when you no, eloped. No, that's true. My brother eloped, and he didn't care about any of that. The elopement tells the whole family, we don't give a shit about you guys. We're running off. We don't want to deal with you. Right. We don't want to deal with the expense. We don't deal with all that kind of stuff. We don't want to deal with it. Oh, you're going to send presents? Here's our address. No, screw you. You don't mm-hmm. get a present when you elope. So these people are just being freaking children. Yeah, that's 
silly. No, I agree with you on that one. I agree with you. Get a gift. Don't get a gift. Don't write advice <clears throat> columns for this. This is one of those things, right? Why are you writing your advice oh, well, columns? Well, most of, of it to me is bizarre that people write this stuff to actually write it down and send it to <laughs> someone to figure it out for them. Uh, as we said earlier, uh, Thanksgiving uh, for American friends was this. Pat, do, do Australians don't have Thanksgiving, do you? No. Do, do you have anything similar to it? We're giving thanks every day. The Aussie, we, we have such a different life down there. So no, giving we, thanks every day. We Shut do. Up. Oh well, look, look at the life that they live down there. There's ocean and sand and not for uh, everybody. Well, where I was brought up, there is so very different lifestyle. So no, we don't give thanks for anything in particular. This Thanksgiving, my girlfriend and I are hosting both her parents and my parents. Last year, we hosted only her parents, and her mom insisted that we buy a pre-made Thanksgiving dinner from Whole Foods. It was pretty good, but goes against everything I love about the holidays, which is cooking. I had volunteered to cook everything, but she wouldn't hear it because she didn't want to risk it turning out poorly and didn't want me to worry about it. Eh. Now that my parents will be in town, I'm even more inclined to cook, as that's how my mom and I have always enjoyed the holidays together. But my girlfriend's mom is offering to buy the entire pre-made Thanksgiving dinner to prevent this. She says she wants us to enjoy the holidays, but can't grasp that this is how I enjoy them. Am I crazy for wanting to cook this badly? And if not, how do I convince her to just let us cook the dang food? Well, I agree. I think the whole cooking the feast is, is, is wonderful. Not everybody wants to do that. That's fair. Your girlfriend's mother is being a pain in the ass. Uh, just, I want to cook. I'm cooking. You're, Go away. You're being a wimp by not saying... Mother-in-law, no, don't bring food. Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? If you if you do if you want to buy food, give it to the homeless. Or, or buy a pumpkin pie and, what, and an apple pie and bring the, us some what pies. The, what the mother-in-law, what the sisters, yeah, the girlfriend's mother is saying, I don't like your food. I don't want to take a chance of you serving me bad food. Mm. Guess what? Suck it up, princess. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes. You're mm-hmm. going to get a dry piece of turkey. Mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> Have some cranberry sauce to wash it down with and just sit there and shut the hell up. Exactly. And you stand up and say, mother-in-law, thank you. I appreciate it. But this is how I enjoy the holidays. And by you bringing a pre-cooked meal, you're taking away... My enjoyment of my tradition of cooking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. nothing to do with you, mom. Mm-hmm. It's got to do with me. This is the way I want to have my holidays. Mm-hmm. It's like you and I have, have had this conversation. Um, you, for a Christmas tree, what do you do for a Christmas tree? What are we doing? Yes. No, what, are you, what have you done in the past, Christmas tree-wise? Oh, I've done lots of different things. I've gotten... Uh, no, 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 no. Real or fake? I've done both, okay. but usually fake. Usually fake. I refuse to allow a fake tree in my house. I will not. I will fight you on that. I will arm wrestle you on that. I don't even have a tree anymore. I hate fake trees. I'm from Nova Scotia. It's a it's a huge tree growing area. It employs thousands of people in my home province. But it's also I like real trees. I like the smell of real trees. I like I know the, the, the pine needles are a pain in the ass to And you to, know it's basically a dead tree that you bring into your house. I have no problem killing trees. Because you know what? They regrow. And actually, it's been proven that a fake tree is harder on the, on the environment than a real tree. I a real agree. tree at least gets composted and, and, in theory, gets back to the planet, where a fake tree is all that oil products and that kind of stuff. And I just think fake trees are ugly. Oh, some of them are quite lovely now. But then, you know, I have people in my life, one um, friend in my life, I mean, she made the most incredible Christmas tree one year out of books. Say what? Books. What? She made this super cool Christmas tree out of books. You keep saying that. That makes that. I, I she built them up and, and you can make that. There's all many, many different ways that you can represent a Christmas tree these days is all Those I'm saying. Those trees. Those are books. Well, they're, the, they're a caricature of a tree then. There we go. Is that what you want, a caricature? I want a real damn tree. Sweetheart, we're getting a real tree. I'm damn not, right we I'm, are. I'm not... <laughs> I am not negating that. Before. I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. See, in Australia, I grew up with like these awful, like silver tinsel trees. Oh, God. Yeah, but because in Australia, we, we, we don't have real trees like the ones you have here, so... 
I mean, we have trees, but they're gum trees, and we don't have like Christmas trees. Yeah, they wouldn't look good with tinsel on them, would they? My my mother was insane when it came to the Christmas tree. It had to be perfect. Um, she would return trees that she didn't like the way they fluffed out once. Because because for us living in the city, the trees we got were always from the local um, um, parking lot guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were already wrapped up. You know, mm-hmm. already, already so you couldn't see couldn't them. See them. Yeah. So I remember there were there were Christmases where where we would go back three or four times to get the right tree, right. and 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 the guy would like, lady, you can't bring it back. My mother, six feet tall, two hundred and thirty pounds, black and cranky. Yeah, you didn't say no to mom. You, she got her she got her tree. Okay. She had no problem getting her tree back. She's like, you don't understand. I'm getting a different tree. Right? <laughs> I love her. You can argue with me all you want, but at the end of the conversation, I'm still getting a different tree. <laughs> so we can go through this if you like, or you can stop wasting your time and my time to give me a different tree. Right? But my mother, I, we we all had our own Christmas bubble. We all had a one special one, and for when we were kids, they had baby pictures on them, and we're the ones with the, with the 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 sunken center. And there's a baby picture in it. Yep. That was ours, and we got to hang that one on yep. the tree. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the baubles were not or hung on the tree by my mother alone. No one else was allowed to put a single bobble on that tree. Mm-hmm. We could hand them to her, mm-hmm. and we had in his little assembly line. Mm-hmm. Mom would take out, would bring out all her, and it was always December 1st, weekend mm-hmm. of December 1st. Mm-hmm. She would put them all on the, on the floor, and there'd be the little assembly line of children. Mm-hmm. Hand it. Mom would say, okay, I need a blue one now. And, and and Chucky, at the end, would find a blue one. He'd pass it to Mikey. Mikey passed it to Shauna. Shauna passed it to me. I passed it to Mom. Mm-hmm. In no way, shape, or form were any of us ever allowed to walk up that tree and hang the blue one. What about when you were little tiny children? Yep, 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 yep. Because yep, yep. the, the blue one had to go on a particular branch. It had to be a certain distance away from the red one. Oh, I totally get it. Oh, jeez, you're all insane. I totally get it. But I, when I was a young mum, when my children were young, I, as much as I had to hold my breath and clench my fists and grind my teeth, I let my little ones decorate the tree and then they go to bed and I just move everything. Because children love to do, and they, and everything would go in one spot, and so you'd have this beautiful tree with everything in one spot, and I would just move everything. My mother would put the tinsel on individually. I do that. By, oh my god! <laughs> oh no! This, I married my mother. Hey folks, this is how I do. No, you can't just put it on in clumps. You can't just throw it up in the air. No. Why not? Because it's got to be, you've got to take one strand and you have, it's oh, like you're it's the eyes. you a person. No, you'll see how pretty it'll look. You'll and, see. And, and the, the, the only thing I was allowed to do was um, help with the lights. Oh, yeah, because you needed to get them around. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's very tricky. And for some odd reason, and this is true of everything else, any kind of string, rope, Cord. Yeah, you're the best at unraveling I that love stuff. Unraveling yeah, oh yeah, stuff. you're gonna be my guy. I love it. If I see on the street a piece of rope or cord or, or string that's yeah. all 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 yeah. messed up, I will pick it up, take it home, dry it out, and then unravel it. The mm-hmm. Gordian knot will be nothing for me. I could have unraveled the Gordian knot. I'm yeah. weird that way. I oh, really am. Sweetheart, so my yeah. mother loved me because I would unravel the the the, the Christmas. You're gonna tree. unravel the Christmas tree lights and for me. Love it. <gasps> oh. I, I put the Christmas tree lights in the box in a mishmash so I can unravel them the next year. Oh well, I can go get the Christmas decorations out today if and you I like. Would be the happiest guy in the world unraveling them. It's wow. weird. It's so weird. I think I've met like you. Really are a unicorn. <laughs> There was this uh, thing on Instagram, <laughs> things I never learned in school, how to do taxes, what taxes are, how to manage money, anything to do with banking, how to grow food, how to handle rejection, how to love myself, how to handle interviews, how to buy my first home, how to survive in the wild, how to handle myself in dangerous situations. But I sure am glad I knew the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And we're still doing it. These are all things that you need essential for life for life mm-hmm. you and i were talking about this before i don't know I, I intellectually i know what a mortgage is, but i don't know what a mortgage is i don't know how a mortgage works i don't know how to buy or sell a house i have no clue 
what that process is. I know very little about banking. I, for me, the I, I love the the old joke of uh, I'm going to go find a bank that has sufficient funds. <laughs> I have insufficient. I want a bank with sufficient. You know, funds. or what do you mean? I don't have any money left. I still have checks. <laughs> <laughs> that, for the longest time, that was my method of banking. Oh my god! I would keep writing checks till one of them came back, and I'd stop. Wow. You know, I I don't know anything about any of this stuff. Um, the the whole we talked about this before about communication the, the 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 how to handle interviews that's something you should be taught in high school. I remember learning about that. Really? Did yes, you? I do. So I, I remember I they would teach you about what you should dress and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I how to handle that. rejection? Something every high school boy needs to learn. How to and girl? Yeah, but boys are gonna get rejected more than the girls. But how to gracefully handle rejection, not just from the other sex, but for on a job interview. From your boss, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't know these the basic communication skills mm-hmm. that we're going to need almost every single damn day for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. We're not. To, we're just sort of thrown into college and here, go figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. You have no clue about this stuff. I, but yeah, again, I still remember the fucking Pythagorean but maybe, theorem. Maybe that's something that parents should be doing, though. Yeah, but parents don't necessarily know all this stuff either because they weren't taught this stuff. But they've learned it. Maybe, maybe not. I'm just saying that the schools take on enough. They're supposed to be educating. It's got to come down to the families. The schools take on everything now to the point where education is compromised. The schools are trying to handle behaviors now above and beyond everything else. And so that takes away from actually being able to teach. So come on, you know, let's back off and give the education system a break. Could we meet somewhere in the middle where the education system teaches the parents how to teach their children? Well. So once a month you come into for a, for lack of a better term, a parenting class. It's voluntary. But we'll teach you how to talk to kids, how to how to talk about drugs to your kids and alcohol. Well, and I will say this, and I've said this before. Laws are for law-abiding citizens. And parenting, if you, all the good parenting books that you can buy are purchased by people who are going to be good parents. You can't That's a good point. you can't make a young parent come in and do a course unless they're saying, I want to be really good at this or I, I know that I have issues in my life or I know that this but I really want to be a good parent yeah. to my child. You can't make them do it. Yeah, that's a good point. So I saw this story on on Twitter the other day and just was appalled that it would pop up because it's just such an idiotic story. American Airlines, is go- <clears throat> sorry, American Airlines is going to let people with nut allergies board early. Why? <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? Well, in theory, the idea is the person with the nut allergy goes to their seat and wipes it down with sani wipes. I hope they already have done that. No, airlines will go in a vacuum, but they're they're not they're not de- they're not sanitizing seats or anything else. Like that. How is that going to help the person with a nut allergy? Well, if the person before them had nut dust all over the seat, you wiping it down with a sanitary cloth would would get rid of the nut allergy. That's the theory. But why would if there's people with deathly nut allergies, they shouldn't even have nuts on planes. Period. That's what they do in schools. But you cannot if, go cross the threshold with anything with nuts in it. And everything has nuts in it. But what if I bring a bag of peanuts onto the plane? Because I like peanuts. I'm going to eat peanuts. You know, I've got a flight to San Francisco. I'm going to have a bag of peanuts. Yes, but I like peanuts. But I work in the schools. And there are some schools that have huge, big signs. Mm-hmm. You know, peanut-free zone. And that is the whole school. But the plane doesn't do it. We're talking about planes here. I know. But what I'm saying is, is that... I don't see how it's going to make any difference. And then I could also say, I have a nut allergy. Do you need a letter from a doctor? Because I want a board first. I could say, I have a nut allergy. Exactly my point. Like, That's why I said on Twitter. I don't have a brand on me if I have a nut allergy. I can just say, my throat swells up. Like, I have a nut allergy. I've got to get on that plane and wipe it down. Exactly. I mean, how do they prove that I've got a nut allergy? I don't know. Do you need a letter from a doctor? You'd have to. Because otherwise, everyone's going to be claiming a nut allergy to get on board early. <laughs> It's so silly. Because nowadays, because the way they jam us onto these flights nowadays, overhead bin space is at a premium. Yeah, you want to get and on. People and are bringing bigger carry-ons. On, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the airlines are are jerking us around by charging us so much for check luggage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see people carry these 
and and the whole one bag thing is bullshit. Everyone's bringing three bags on. Yes. And so you can't find a place to put your your just your carry on. Your carry on. So then the steward takes your carry on and puts it with check bags. That's right. Which is okay because it means you don't got to pay the price, but yeah. you still got to wait for your bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to get on the freaking plane first. Well, you have a nut allergy. I've not. I've got. Oh, I've got. And a I don't mean to be. I'm not demeaning that the reality of people having nut allergies is a really awful thing. I mean, I know it's horrible and all that, and especially if a child has. Oh, a yeah, nut absolutely, allergy. yeah. American Airlines is the latest company to offer a pre-boarding option to, for people with peanut and tree nut allergies. The new policy goes into effect December 12th. Uh, customers can submit their request to board early anytime. Wow. Oops. My so, microphone fell off. Anytime, sorry, anytime during the boarding process. So you can go up and say? Yeah. Just walk up and say, I, I, I gotta, they will then be allowed on the plane to wipe down their seating environment. Oh, my God. Sorry. So the new policy comes after a complaint was filed before the U.S. Transportation Department. Will you stop messing with that? Sorry. Turn it off and then put it back on. American Airlines doesn't serve peanuts on flights, so people can bring their own food on flights. And exposure to nuts is possible. American Airlines encourages those with allergies to take all necessary medical precautions before flying. Southwest and Delta also allow allergy pre-boarding. On request, Southwest has stopped serving peanuts on all flights on August 1st. Put it in, turn the microphone off and put it in there. You can notify Delta if you have a nut allergy. And they won't serve any, and they won't serve energy, any nuts on board. So you tell Delta, I have nut allergy. They go, okay, no one gets nuts. No one gets a single nut because this nut doesn't like nuts. So t- take nuts off the, 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 the plane. United doesn't serve prepackaged peanuts on flights either. Uh, yeah. So, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm sympathetic to those with, with nuts. Oh, yes. But this is ridiculous. But policy. it just doesn't seem foolproof. It's like, how yeah, are you right. going to? It's like, I, I suffer from severe anxiety. I've got to get on this plane first so I can just be settled and, and, and start my meditation practice. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Or I mean, by that logic, you could say that. Yeah. Or I could say, um, well, look at the peacock thing, like the whole thing. It's getting ridiculous. Well, there's that woman, the, you know, there was the peacock thing, the, the, the person with their, what is it, their support Emotional peacock. support peacock. There's another woman who had her emotional support squirrel. Yes, which <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm not getting on no plane with someone's squirrel. That's just, you know, there's there's got to be a point where you got to say, that's just, no. Yeah. And that it, and. If you have a really severe nut allergy, well, you know, you've got to take your precautions and uh, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say, but they're trying to cater to everything. Yep. It's the same with schools. It's crazy. This morning, my dad was at work and I saw my mom watching their show. She swore me to secrecy. <laughs> Later, when she was running errands, I caught my dad doing the same thing. <laughs> that night, they both watched the same show again. Aww. Pretending like neither of them had watched it. That's marriage. That's so nice. That cracks me up. But I don't think that's marriage. It's it's a funny story, but I think it's sad, too, that mom can't resist the show. They're going to watch it that night, so why not just not watch it and wait for the husband to come home? Same with the husband. Mm -hmm. You're going to watch it that night. Mm -hmm. Why can't you... Not watch it. Yeah, I think the statement, that's marriage. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? That you just go ahead and do stuff without your partner? I'm not quite sure what that means, yeah, that's I, marriage. I, I don't like that. I don't like the whole, It's like I said, it's a funny story. I don't mm. like the, 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 when you dig deeper into it, I don't like this thing where the, the other, the spouses are saying, it's okay if I watch the show on my own. Um, it's our show. We like watching, you and I, House of Cards and Lost. And if you watch House of Cards without me, I would be upset. Oh yes, yeah, so I don't. But I don't want to watch it without you. It wouldn't be a marriage breaker, and else like that. But yeah, it's it's, it's a little. Thing I did one time. I watched oh one episode. We were watching. Oh my god! Sean was a friend's maniac, and he watched all the. I do, I wasn't, and I watched a friend's, but and I could have not said anything, but I did. I, I told you. Why? Why did you? Why did I watch it, or why did I tell you? Why did you tell me? Well, I felt kind of. Well, maybe.
maybe I thought I was going to get caught because it was on Netflix <laughs> and that you would have seen. Oh, that I already. would have. Yeah, so I thought, well, I better tell him. <laughs> he was very upset. I was. <laughs> Even though he'd seen it. <laughs> this was a, um, a very sad story. A mommy blogger shares bananas post about how much her audience dislikes one of her children. This woman is a mommy blogger, which means that's her job, is being a mommy and blogging. Okay? It's stupid. She, <laughs> she promotes products, and, and she has all these wonderful uh, photos of her perfect life with her perfect little chug. Nah, nah, we, we know the type. Okay. I don't follow any of these people. Okay? okay. I never no. would. No, Never do will. I. She says, guys, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Instagram never liked my munchkin, and it killed me inside. His photos never got as many likes, never got comments. From a statistical point of view, he wasn't as popular with everyone out there. Maybe part of that was the pictures never hit the algorithm right. Part might be because he was the baby for a short time before LJ came along, and people like babies. I say all that because I want to believe that it wasn't him, that it was on me. The, my insufficiency caused this statistical deficit, because obviously my munchkin should get all the love, and squinty eyes are totally adored. Oh my God! Oh my goodness, that frightens me. Someone call child services, because <clears throat> this is a awful mother. Wow. Is all she cares about is how many likes her individual kids get mm. and comparing them back and forth. Mm. This is the problem that we have, I don't want to say in this generation, but in this time where we're chasing likes, yes. we're chasing hearts on Facebook, we're chasing hearts on Instagram and all these, they don't mean a goddamn thing. There was a story we were talking about before, and someone mentioned they had 500 Facebook friends. Bullshit. No, you don't. You don't know 500 people. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you don't know those 500 people. They are not friends of yours. Mm -hmm. They probably aren't even people you ever met, the vast majority of them. There were just people who said, could you be my friend on Facebook? And you went, click. And you went, okay. Mm -hmm. No, don't do that. Mm -hmm. reserve. People bitch about, all oh, my Facebook feed is full up all this bull. Unfollow. Mm -hmm. It's easy. There's a button right there. Unfollow. If someone's making you unhappy in any situation, unfollow them, either in real life or on Facebook or Instagram. And don't follow mommy bloggers or celebrities or other bullshit like that. Oh. One of the things we've seen, there was a, uh, this thing happened in Toronto uh, about two weeks ago. And this is another reason to hate Toronto. There was this pop-up thing for bloggers. And then all these pretty um, uh, set pieces where you could go and, 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 and take pictures of yourself, selfies, in this beautiful, perfect kitchen or in this ball pit. Or in the, and you oh, pay, yeah, yeah. You pay like 100 bucks for the <clears> bloggers <throat> to go in. And, and, That's and right. It's a, no. I didn't quite understand it. You weird, selfish, narcissistic mm -hmm. assholes. Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of articles being written about this right now. And because when you get a like in a young person's mind, even in uh, there's a little burst of chemical that goes off in your brain. Oh, I got a like. Yeah. Oh, I got some more followers. Yep. And it, and you become, and it is a narcissism and you become addicted to it. Absolutely. And you need it. And yep. then when you stop getting likes on something because it's old news, you have to keep trying to yep. put more so you can get more likes and more followers. It's, it's very distur disturbing. I post my photos on Instagram and if if – I would rather get 10 likes from people I know mm -hmm. than 1,000 likes from complete strangers. From all these. And, I, and I'm trying to understand how these other people, I guess it's your hashtag yes, thing, hashtag isn't it, what you put in there? Anyway, it's no, very I'll, it's very scary. I post it with hashtags so people who don't follow me can, like the balloon, the hot air balloon pictures I've, I've been posting, I'll tag that with hot air balloons. That's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. If someone likes my photos, fantastic. If they don't, I don't care. I don't care one way or the other. I much prefer comments, and I've told this to you. Mm -hmm. I try to comment on the photos that I like. I will hit the like button, but I'll also try to leave a comment, too. Because mm -hmm. to me, comments are more valuable. I like comments more than I like likes. I don't care about likes. I'd rather get 10 likes, than, sorry, 10 comments than 1,000 likes. Mm -hmm. And part of it is because I don't make money off Instagram. That's not, that's not part of my job. I do it because I like posting the, the pictures. Well, there are some people out there whose jobs depend mm -hmm, on likes, mm -hmm. and those are the people that you unfollow. If anyone's mm -hmm. job depends on likes on Instagram, unfollow them because they are toxic. They they will give you a skewed view of the world. Mm, they will, mm. and and they will mess up your children. Oh my gosh! Don't even get start me started on the skewed view of the world thing. 
it's it's sad that we're doing this, that we're doing this to ourselves and our kids. Our children, our children. Chasing likes from complete strangers. Well, and also chasing the the visual, the non-real visual of 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 this social media stuff. Yeah. Like you can and I know of this sadly, but you can know a person's life and know that they're going through hell and that there's all sorts of really nasty things that have gone on and they can present themselves as having a charmed life. Like Absolutely. If, and and you start to suffer, which I have said to you in the last few days, this relative deprivation of looking at this life of these people and going, my life sucks. I don't have that or do that or I don't have all the family around me. And you start to feel a sadness that your life isn't good enough or that you don't look good enough or that you're not fit enough or that you're not pretty or that all of the things – uh, it, it just goes, it's endless to me. It goes on and on how frightening it is. I, the people I follow on Instagram <clears throat> are generally uh, people I know, uh, friends, family, and uh, accounts. So I, I follow a lot of travel uh, accounts for. Yes, Italy I started and to, Lisbon. but they're starting to, they don't, yeah, yeah. Mostly for um, ideas. Of places to go and things to, oh, yes. to see. I don't follow any. Um, someone will follow me, and just like on 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 Twitter, I'll check their their profile. Some woman followed me this this morning, and every one of her pictures was just different variations of a food picture. Mm. I'm sorry, sweetheart, I'm not following you. No, I the don't, food stuff. I don't want your boring ass food pictures on my Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for following me, mm-hmm. but I'm not following you back. Well, I mean, I have a lot of. Um, I follow a lot of yoga practitioners, but let's face it, a lot of the yoga practitioners that that are on Instagram, I mean, it's it's absolutely unrealistic to try and reach their level of yoga. And now I'm I'm losing interest. I'm going, you know, I do my practice. It is what it is. And and I, I can't try and aspire to being like a 25, 30 year old woman that's doing all sorts of things with her body. And it just makes me feel Sad sometimes yeah. because I'm aging and I think, oh, geez. So I've just stopped following them. I just. Let's end today's show on a happy note. This is a story we've talked about before. It happens every single year and I love it and I wish I could do it. I wish more people who had money would do it. Um, it it's, it's a wonderful thing to do because I was in the situation as a kid. I watched my mom do this. An anonymous man calling himself Santa picked up the tab for Walmart customers in Vermont. Uh-huh. They don't know his name. They don't really know anything about him except he's a Patriots fan. Residents in Derby, Vermont are grateful for a secret Santa who walked into a Walmart store on November 15th and picked up everyone's tab, including the charges on layaway items for customers who weren't even there. Um, As she approached the register with the delivery box, a man asked her if she was putting anything on layaway. She said yes, referring to her package, but that she wasn't done with her shopping yet. The man told her he'd wait until she was done and and he'd pay for everything. I kind of chuckled and thought, this guy's crazy. Gates went back around the store, shopping for holiday gifts with her mom and her son, like she had planned. Sure enough, when Gates came back, the man was still there waiting for her. And when he, when her account totaled $200, he used his credit card to pay for it. I said, who can afford that? She said, Santa can, he said. <laughs> and then he went to the layaway counter and said, "What what's all the what's all the, the charges on, on layaway? I'll, I'll pay for them. <laughs> he picked up the tab of all the people in the Jeff in the Bezos store. should be doing that for every single person that works for him. Exactly. And beyond. Exactly. Yep. Pick the, a the, store, pick a town, and do it. That's right. Just If you want to do it no, randomly. That's it. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. And, and, and by the way, we don't want to know that you did it. No, no, no. Don't advertise just it. Do just it. go do it. Just go do it. Don't, don't, don't. I've seen this on Twitter all the time. If you retweet this, we'll donate a dollar to so-and-so up to $15,000. Mm-hmm. No, just no, donate just, the money. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. ask me to retweet it and pimp you mm-hmm. and market your company, market your Twitter account. Just donate the goddamn money. Mm-hmm. You've got it. You obviously got mm. the money. Just mm. donate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone yeah. who has th- that kind of money, Jeff Bezos' money is worth $150 billion. That's p- small change to him. It's, it's nothing. It's, it's change rinse. behind the couch. It's not, it's, you know the money you lose between cushions? I have always said that, that if I won the lottery, I would do this in a heart. Oh, I know you on would. On a regular basis. Yeah. I would love. 
because my mom had to put stuff on layaway. I remember going to, for us here in Canada, with the equivalent of Walmart, like Zellers. Yeah. When we were kids. Yeah. Going to Zellers and in June picking out Christmas presents for us and then putting down five, ten dollars a week. Yeah, my mom you know, did it too. Every week we had, we had to go to Zellers. We weren't going to buy anything because she had to put another five, ten bucks down on the Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. And then maybe. The week before Christmas, she had to pull the whole paycheck on it in order mm-hmm. to get get the presents. To get it, yeah. My mom, it's called lay-by in Australia. Lay-by, Same yeah. thing. I don't know if they have it anymore. I, Do I, they? I, I don't. I don't. I don't go to I stores don't, that have I it don't anymore. Think so they have such a thing anymore. I th- they might still. Well, obviously, they still do at Walmart. Um, in in the oh, story, I'm sure they have Walmart. Oh, okay, all Walmart, right. Maybe the Walmart's Walmart's in Canada still do it too, but. In general, the stores I travel in don't. I, I can't get Starbucks on layaway, you know. Mm. Uh, but I wish that I could. I had the wherewithal to do this on a little regular I basis. I wish you did too, yeah. sweetheart. Something I've always wanted to do. Folks, this has been Don't Listen to Us. By the way, if you are an astronomy buff of any kind, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, NASA will be landing. Mm. A new, another Mars, uh, it's called probe. the InSight uh, Probe, the InSight Lander. This one's interesting because the InSight Lander is going to dig into the surface of Mars. Yes. And learn more about the... the, is the it, they're learning about Mars quakes, aren't they? Exactly. The, it'll, it'll, be able to, it'll be able to uh, detect Mars quakes and all that kind of stuff. And, but the interesting thing is it's the what they call the seven minutes of doom or seven minutes of death. When the probe hits the atmosphere and then starts the, um, the burning process of slowing down and they don't know because they'll lose all radio contact with it for seven mm. minutes wow. until it comes out the other side if it hasn't burned up right and that's that's going to be a lot of fun it's so, very cool it's very yes. cool so you, you can you can uh, check them out on uh, their youtube page the nasa youtube page or just go to nasa.gov and you can find out more information about that so it's gonna i'm gonna be in front of my computer watching that tomorrow uh, this has been Don't Listen to Us. As always, uh, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. Love getting emails from you guys, so please send those along. If you have any comments about anything we've said or any questions or anything along those lines. Until next week, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. See ya. Bye.